SMQBs. This is episode 38. Of course, we do our NFL Week 7 recap with our Paul Krause takeaways and our Plaxico lock. Somebody has taken the lead, surged into the lead, I believe. Then we talk about the World Series, which starts tonight. And House tries to do the indefensible by trying to defend the cheating Astros. How does he do? Hmm, not very good, but whatever. It was worth a shot. Then we talk F1 and a punchable face of the week. Check it out. Give us five stars and enjoy it. SMQBs, this is episode 38. Okay, he wore it. He was a walk-on at Northwestern. Uh, he earned a scholarship eventually, was a standout player by his junior season. In his senior year, he averaged 13.4 points and 4.6 rebounds per game and was an honorable mention All-Big Ten Conference player. Since then, Tommy Brown. No, since then, he last played in the NBA in 2018 with the Detroit Pistons. He was 2018 USA Basketball Male Athlete of the Year. Wow. And you're not going to get it because he's a G League guard named Reggie Hearn. And that shows you how b- abysmal <laughs> number thirty-eight is. That can't be. What? It is. That can't be. Well, you could have picked. You could have picked the ketchup on the sock fraud, Kurt Schilling. Well, I could have, and I specifically didn't. In fact, I wanted to use a baseball player uh, for this, the opening night of the World Series. But when I saw Kurt Schilling was the hands-down best player to ever wear it. I moved on to the NBA very quickly. Yeah, because that, that would have been too early for a punchable Richard. face of the millennium segment. That's right. We can't open with a punchable face, and that's Kurt yeah. Schilling. So. Knowing Rooster's thoroughness, he probably researched 38 for baseball, <laughs> and he was ready to go. <laughs> well, no, I, rem- I remember Kurt Schilling because I hate the guy. You remember and and you are right that Kwame yeah. Brown did wear the number for a year or two, uh, but I just thought it was more interesting. That one I, that one I had to research. Yeah, I did think it was more interesting to use a G League guy. But look, yeah. really, the, while you're the question, researching your free agents, you're also researching numbers on jerseys. I like it. Yeah, the, yeah. the really the the question of the of the day though has got to be, you know, house. If a Flacco is traded in the forest and no one's there to see it, <laughs> did it really happen? I mean, does anybody really give a shit? You know what's crazy is that the Jets, who are what are they? Are one and six? They're one and six. They have no hope of anything this year, and God knows what year they do. Why on God's earth would you trade away a draft pick? Right. It would be a, a sixth rounder or a fifth rounder to get Joe Flacco. Joe, my like, backo hurts Flacco. I, why I mean, would you do that? Why not just lose out and get a, a real quarterback in the future? Or, or just let this kid that you drafted you know, a, two years ago, Mike, whatever his name is, Mike White or something, who, who came in and played. Just let him play and bring in another young kid as a backup and rotate him and see if anybody can, can be a backup on your team in the future. You're not yes. making the playoffs. It doesn't matter. 
it just doesn't matter. I'm glad their trash is our treasure. Then, of course, the problem is that Howie Roseman then has to make the pick, which is a totally different story. Yeah, well, all right. So we're coming off of uh, week seven in the NFL, I'm told. Since I stopped watching, I don't really know what happened. (laughs) Uh, Hal, I'm going to let you take it from here. Well, we'll probably let you know that you'll be surprised to hear that the Washington football team lost again. So I no. hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed the Hallmark Channel um, this past Sunday. But uh, there was some really interesting developments in Week Seven. We'll get to the big headlines in a second. But in a way, there was a power outage this week in Week Seven. There were a full third of the NFL scored 17 points or less. Uh, four. Separate teams did not score a touchdown this week. That's pretty rare to happen. Um, I, it's, it's no surprise. We've always known how critical the quarterback position is. But I think we're starting to really get ready to scratch off certain quarterbacks from ever being good. Um, I think we can scratch off Sam Darnold. I think we can, frankly, scratch off Jared Goff. I think we're getting really close to scratching off Baker Mayfield. I think we can scratch off Jimmy G. Um, I'm afraid that we're seeing already that Jalen Hurts is probably not a starting NFL quarterback. I don't know that Tua is either. So it's just we're seeing so clearly how critical the quarterback position is. Tua had a Um, good game on Sunday. Tua? We're talking about trading him today. Yeah, I know, but he had four touchdown passes. I mean, he didn't have a bad game. He made some throws. At the end, that was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Look, we had a couple of injuries. Um, We were just talking about the Jets. I think it was unfortunate to see that Zach Wilson went down. He'll be out two to four weeks. We had a big story in Tampa with Tom Brady getting his 600th touchdown. That's pretty crazy. Um, We had the surging Carson Wentz with three wins in a row for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Carson leading them. Best three and four team in football. They are. They are getting better. Uh, We had the the face-off between the Matt Stafford, Jared Goff, who wins that quarterback swap touch, you know, showdown. And that was pretty clear that Stafford was the better result. The Rams are the better team. It's probably closer than it needed to be, but the Rams took down the Lions. We found Did you out. Guys see that? Anyone see that game? Some parts of it. Yeah, the, the Lions. The Lions had a, in I think sequentially had a onside kick and back-to-back fake punts, all of which yeah. succeeded. Yeah, crazy. I mean, they tried everything to win and and did pretty pretty well with all of it. But we saw a couple of really interesting draft strategies finally emerge to their success. I think we understood this weekend why it is that the Atlanta Falcons drafted Kyle Pitts so high. Oh, yeah. He's, he is now in that elite class of tight ends already. I think seven catches, 163 yards, a true downfield weapon. What a weapon. And a lot of folks wanted to know, especially after Joe Burrow got hurt last year, shouldn't you protect his backside and draft a supposedly can't miss left tackle and Peeney Sewell? Already they had T. Higgins. Already they had Tyler Boyd. And the Bengals said, nope, we're going to load up and get yet another wide receiver. 
and got Jamar Chase instead of Penny Sewell. And that draft strategy, boy, did it work out. It looks like, incredibly, LSU is going to go back-to-back rookie of the year wide receivers with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, who is an absolute stud. But I think the real story um, were the two huge victories. The Bengals demolishing the Ravens at Baltimore. Just incredible statement game. And how about this? Do you guys realize that when the Titans demolished Kansas City 27 to 3 this weekend, that concluded back-to-back weekends where they took down both AFC title representatives last year, the Bills and the Chiefs back-to-back. Yep. I think we sh- I think we need to give a lot of attention to the Titans going forward. So that was those were the two big ones. That, that loss to the seven. Jets was a fluke. Yeah. 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 It looks like it. Was, it. It was a it was a fun week, fun week. And then the Giants, man, the Giants had nobody playing on offense, and Danny Dimes pulled one out for us. You guys Christy, won. That was a yeah. blowout. Christy, did you watch that three. game? Did you watch uh, I, I watched it on Red Zone. They actually have some nice defensive pieces. Yeah, yeah, and they're I starting mean, let, to run, Danny. So they're. they're he made some good throws too. You know, there's a Leonard uh, Leonard Williams is intimidating. Yes. Yes. A, a heated yep. battle for second in the NFC right now. <laughs> Sounds NFC like our Flaxico locks of the week battle. Yeah. yeah. NFC East. Three, Three two teams at two teams. and five. <laughs> who will <laughs> who will finish second and out of the playoffs? And higher and you know lower whatever in the, in the uh, picks for the. So did I, did I, the Eagles have two top six picks right now? Isn't that right? So yeah. the Eagles, the Eagles own their own pick. They own the Miami Dolphins pick, which will be a very high pick. And if Carson Wentz plays seventy five percent of the snaps this year, they own the Colts pick, which will probably be a mid first rounder. Yeah, and the Giants have their own pick and the Bears pick. Oh, that's high. Yeah, that'll be real high. Yeah. So, you know, it really seems like if you're, you know, what's the cutoff for drafting a player who really can make an impact right away? Like a, like a true contributing, you know, starter. It's really like, well, maybe somebody slips a little bit far, a little bit, you know, outside of that to 15 or so. But, it, it you know, it's that top 10, 11, 12, those players – generally come in and can and can play yeah. and not just like you know be contributed but can be good players right away right, right. where did the eagles get the, where'd you get devonta smith weren't you 15 at well we got up to 10 because thank god yeah. for the giants yeah 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 it's it's almost like the nba lottery like top 14 picks in the nfl is you know almost guaranteed you're going to get some good results beyond that you know a little questionable what what Pope? What pick did the Cowboys have that they took Parsons with? Uh, eleven. No, 11. Uh, eleven. Right? Yeah, because yeah, because we took um, yeah the two cornerbacks were gone, so we took Parsons. Thank God the cornerbacks were gone because you know Diggs is Superman now. Yeah, sure yeah. I, I had this like moment of like even further dread. I mean, every every day of every minute of football for me is dread, but I had this moment of like exceptional dread. Where I started thinking, I was like, "Did Washington pass on Parsons to take Jamin Davis?" And that's the they did not, but because that Washington had like the fifteenth or sixteenth pick. It's because you but won the I, division. 
Yeah, yeah, they won the division. Yeah, winner, winning. So, how did the Ravens go from a offensive powerhouse one week to scoring? Um, what did they score? They scored 17 points against the Bengals the next, giving up 41 to the Bengals. What, at home. What happened to the Ravens at home? Well, they contained Lamar. The Ravens still have no running game. And the Lamar. Bengals the Bengals defense, uh, although it started out not so great, they, it's improved week by week. They, they look good. They look good. Mark Andrews had less than 50 yards receiving. He's the second best tight end in the league. Yeah. So guys, you know, next week by our next pod, there's going to probably be a very, very big development in the NFL because next week, the date of our next pod is the NFL trade deadline. And we've all been waiting to see what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. So who wants him? Who wants him? You want him on the Washington football team? Oh sure, just add them to the add them to the <laughs> team. I mean, there's Be honestly not a better team for him to go to. It's it's like they're already. I mean, if he wants to keep his shit hidden under the rug and and not have to answer to anyone, it's probably the best place for him to end up. He could party with little Danny Snyder. He could yeah, he could commute like, from Epstein's Island that probably Snyder now owns <laughs> to the yeah. games and then go right back and not be oh thrown in jail. Why not? Yeah, just Sean Watson's going to be on a new team by next week. He will be on a new team. It'll be interesting. I the people are talking about the Dolphins. They're talking Panthers. about the, Pan- the Panthers. They're already done with Darnold. It's there's a few teams. He has a no trade, but apparently he's now put a number of teams that he's willing to go to in the mix. But if he if he's traded, does he does that team play him this year, or is that a is that a move for next year? I, I would guess next year because I think any team would have to realize that beyond whatever legal problems he's facing, the NFL is going to suspend him for at least six to 10 games. At least. I think he's he's going to jail. You do? Yeah. Eh. He's not suspended currently though, right? The team's just suspended. Is, Is that what's happening? He's not suspended by anybody. There's no reason that if he's traded, he couldn't start on Sunday for somebody uh, putting aside league rules on trades and clearing and that sort of thing. There's no reason he couldn't start playing. It's true. And true. so that's when we're going to see if he's mentally know, ready that well, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he might be a little tougher than Ben Simmons, but that's when we're going to see the real like horrors of the NFL, right? Is when yeah. some team gets this guy in the fervor, that will come up around having him play right away. And everybody will very quickly forget what he's accused of and what, you know, what has happened in Houston. And then let's say he does play and he, you know, he breaks off a 70 yard run and throws, you know, for 300 yards, suddenly, you know, sports center and everything's going to be running his highlights and we're going to forget about what happened in Houston. That's it's that's well, it's the same way. It's the same way ESPN treated Kobe Bryant when he, you know, got past that allegation of rape. At Rooster, I think the NFL has a special problem with this. I think it's happened time and again. Ray Lewis, Ray Rice, Tyreek Hill, Michael Vick. The list goes on and on and on. And it's exactly as Bison describes. Legal troubles come in. 100-yard receiving, 300 yards passing, highlights within two weeks. Fans are happy because they're winning, and all is forgotten. It's a except problem. For, except for Ray Rice. 
Yeah, Ray Rice was the one who he was the one example yeah. that got made. But you know, even Roethlisberger, right? Roethlisberger yeah. had his. Uh, uh, I think right. it was a rape allegation. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he had he had linemen guard the door of the public bathroom. Yeah, while it was going on. Fame. Yep, and you know Kareem Hunt did the same thing and was captured on video that Ray Rice did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, that that's going to be an int- really interesting story to follow because you're right. I mean, the, the trade and the trade. You know, if if he is traded, it's going to be interesting. I mean, does Tua get traded? Does two, you know, there was some talk that Tua could be coming to Washington uh, as part of that trade, like a three-team deal, mm. which I don't think you mm. usually see in, in the it NFL. Bad, but <clears throat> wouldn't be a bad fit. Change the scenery for him. If you yeah, I'm a sure NFL quarterback Fitzpatrick would probably love it. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> and well, oh there's one other one other potential trade is Michael Gallup, who's you know Dallas is arguably second or third receiver, has been down since the Tampa game. And he's due to come back on the roster this week. And Dallas is very rich at receiver and certainly could upgrade uh, to make a run either at safety or maybe an edge rusher. So watch that space. We'll send you uh, Landon Collins. Yeah, right. If you like him, you could take him. All right. Well, let's. Uh, what's everyone's takeaways? Al's first. Uh, my takeaway is that we need to immediately unbronze Patrick Mahomes. Uh, yes, he is a stellar talent for a couple seasons, but it's not a permanent thing. For very, very few players, is it a permanent thing? He stunk in a really important game when the mm-hmm. team needed to avoid going under 500. He threw a bad pick. He made a bad fumble. He made bad decisions. He overthrew balls. He underthrew balls. Patrick Mahomes, in a critical game, stunk. And unless we find out that he was injured, I'm just saying he's no longer superhuman. He's no longer bronze. Patrick Mahomes is human. He's still capable of winning a lot of games, but we can scratch off the Chiefs from being this year's AFC champion. Good one. It's it's hard to stay at the top. I was hearing they were talking about the Chiefs. You know, they were very close to going to the Super Bowl the year before they won it. So this is three straight years because they went to it last year. And it's it's really hard to stay at the top. I mean, and now, the they're, now I think it's time for them to start panicking after three years at the top. Well, they might need to retool. I mean, I mean they're a bad it. team. They're a really bad team right now. Well, it just shows you that you, you do have to have a team. I mean, a little bit to, to House's point about Mahomes. Mahomes, you know, he gives them a chance every week until he doesn't, right? Until he has a bad game, and then they have, and then they have no chance. I mean, you have to have a complete team to win a Super Bowl. Yep. Pope, what's your takeaway? My takeaway is that the AFC is just totally up for grabs, and I think that kind of dovetails on the fact that the Chiefs are having a down year. But uh, I mean, you've got some teams. Like the Titans all of a sudden seem like they could potentially be the king of the AFC. They're five and two and on a roll. Like we said, they knocked down two uh, defending AFC champs back to back. Potentially, uh, you know, the, the Bengals, um, look out for them. Um, the Chargers are on a bye. So were the Bills on a bye. So we don't know, you know, what their record's going to be after seven games. Uh, the Ravens, who we thought, you know, Rooster was calling them his Super Bowl team last week. They got smoked at home by the Bengals. So every every week the AFC is up for grabs. And I'll just say this: watch out for the Patriots. 
because they very easily could be five and two. They're um, they're three and four now, but but for you know a Tom Brady miracle uh, finish as usual, and the the Cowboys pulling that one out of their ass at the end, they could be five and two. They're on the road at the Chargers. I really look forward to that game. The Patriots could win that game, and they there's a long season ahead, seventeen games. They easily could be in the mix in the end. Yeah, it, it, you know what? You're it is a long season, right? I mean, it really feels like we're towards the end of it, and we're just getting to the first bye. This is the first bye weekend was last week, so uh, it, there is a lot of football left. Rooster, what do you got for a takeaway? I think we need to stop overreacting week to week. Um, you know, last week, of course, I thought the Ravens looked like they were going to the Super Bowl, and they got stomped this week. But I'm not going to overreact. They're a good team. Let's see how they do this week and the week after. Same thing with the Raiders. I mean, last week we were writing off the Raiders and they came back and beat the Eagles pretty handily. Um, they're a good team. So the, the cream has risen to the top for the most part. And not just in the AFC, but in the NFC. I mean, you can't tell me who's going to come out of the NFC right now. There's one, two, three, four, five good teams in the NFC right now who could all win the NFC, including the Rams, who are in second place in what looks like the strongest division in football to me right now, the NFC West. You got the Cards undefeated, the Rams six and one, and the 49ers and the Seahawks have terrible records, but they're not terrible teams. Um, they could get healthy and be good at the end of the year. And they're, they're you know, they're playing good teams, which accounts for their records. So I think I think like you guys have been saying, it's a long season and we need to we need to temper our reactions because we can't tell which one of these teams is going to tank other than the Panthers. They clearly, they and the Broncos were clearly overrated when they were undefeated. So um, my takeaway is that we need to have more um, F1 races that start around the two o'clock, three o'clock hour. Because, I am a much happier person not watching watching uh, the Washington football team. Um, you know, it's it's it, th- th- my takeaway is that it is an addiction. It is hard to peel yourself away from this. But um, yes, more F one on Sunday afternoons, please. That's that's my takeaway. I mean, for fuck's sake, our kicker's name is Blewett. How do you, <laughs> that's all. How that's do you beautiful. Have a, na- a last name named Blewett. And and decide you're going to be a kicker. And you might as well be called Shank. Shank. Shankopotamus. Like nobody, nobody thought. You know, with all our problems in Washington, we we can't find anybody to kick a football whose last name isn't Blewett. I mean, and, bl- and Blewett blew it this past weekend. He missed one. Oh, so yes, more F one uh, mid Sundays. Are um, our hey Bison? Season, yeah. It, isn't there one more uh, Kraus takeaway? Yeah, I was going to say our astute listeners, um, all two of them, will know that notice that we're <laughs> down a man today. But I think we have a um, a, a report coming in right now. So let's, uh, as they say, we have uh, a milk delivery. As as the uh, great George Michael used to say in Washington D.C., let's go to the videotape. Gentlemen, thanks for having me on today. First time, long time. I know you're without your star player in Melk, um, but uh, you'll be able to get through it. I think he, uh, I heard he sends his best. 
Uh, I was asked to come on today to give my Paul Krause, of course, takeaways and my Plaxico loss of the week. I'm calling it loss now because I think I'm <laughs> down five in a row. Uh, if you're a betting man, you may want to go opposite of what I'm going to predict today. Let's start with the Krause takeaway. This goes out to a young college student there in the city of New Orleans, currently enrolled at Tulane University. He said I was delusional for comments that I made last <laughs> week about Joe Burrow. Um, wondering what he thinks about those comments now. Uh, Zeke, do me a favor. Get your ass to the boot, okay, on Sunday. I want you to tune in, and I want you to watch what a real quarterback looks like. Not that guy you have in Philadelphia. Bengals will be at the Jets. He's coming off a huge victory against the Ravens, over 400 yards passing. And you know what the best part is? Is he's not affected by these NFL stadiums. They're just not as loud as the SEC stadiums are. What do you think about that comment, House? I <laughs> oh, love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that gets me to my lock of the of the week. Um, that's going to be the Bengals, of course. Bengals minus nine and a half against the hapless Jets. It looks like uh, Zach Wilson could be a disaster. Could be a first-round bust. The Jets, Jets are horrific. He's hurt, I think, which could be a benefit to the Jets. Maybe won't <laughs> matter though. Joe Burrow will go off. He's going to light up the Jets and their horrific defense. Could be a big, big, big number. Start him in your fantasy lineups if you have him. Oh, I do. I think I will. So I'll put him in my lineup and go for 30, or 40 points. I'm sure against these uh, horrific Jets, unless they take him out of the game early. Um. One last thing I like to say, last night was a special night for me. About 10.30 or so, I broke out the Cuban cigar, broke out the scotch, as the G-Men took their first loss of the year. What a special moment that was, and a crying shame for Rooster. That's too bad, buddy. In conclusion, go what a Braves, sore loser. World Series, cheaters suck, screw the Astros, milk out, have a great week, talk to you guys soon. There you have it. Yeah, he's um, so much better. Is a good he's milk so much report. better recorded. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> By the way, how does he that, say milk? Does he say milk? Milk. Milk. Um, milk. Clearly not epic. brought to you by Cricket Wireless. Yeah. <laughs> that was epic. No, that's much more reliable that way. So yeah, his cell phone is it. more reliable than his internet. All right, so milk, uh, useful as always, took us from the takeaways right into the locks. House, give us a little update on how we're not doing. Bison, um, while you were watching F1 in the Hallmark Channel, I want to let you know that you launched right into first place. Congrats on leading the Plaxco Locks of the Week competition this year. You're now at two and five in first place. Probably familiar <laughs> territory. East. Yeah, familiar territory yeah. for teams from Washington uh, being losing and being in first place. Um, that, that's right, right. I, I'm sorry. I just want to to harken back to a week ago where you guys laughed me off of the podcast for picking a team with a 17 and a half point line. Unbelievable. Bison wins last week with 17 and a half, uh, for the Cardinals. Ravens were selected by Pope myself and rooster. We all took an L and milk took the Falcons minus two and a half. They struggled at the end. And while they won straight up, against Miami. They did not cover. So the rest of the league goes to one and six. The pressure is now on for us to not end up with a losing record. We have to come very close to winning out. So let's get it started <laughs> with you, Pope. 
What are you going to do to get your streak going? Who's your pick this week? Man, I am so tempted to follow Bison's lead and take the game with the most point spread. And that is that is the Rams giving 14 and a half in Houston, which doesn't give a shit about football, obviously, because they have the cheater Astros at home. But I'm going to get on the Titans bandwagon. That's that's my team du jour. And I'm going to take the Titans. They're giving one at Indy. And I realize Indy is a little hot right now, but wow. good luck stopping King Henry, whether he throws the ball or runs the ball 22 miles an hour and runs you the fuck over. Look out for the Titans. They are my lock of the week. Good one. one time had a uh, had a creamsicle from uh, Tennessee while he was watching a Titans game. <laughs> so ever since then, he's had a, an affinity for the, for the Tennessee Titans. That's funny. Hey, my my mother in law lives in Nashville. Oh, there, uh, there we go. Oh, we know how close go. you are to her. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so she's not a long time listener. Bison, oh, who's your lock of the week? Well, um, you know, I, I I'm I'm trying to look for another one because I don't want to just replicate uh, milk. But so I'm going to change it up here at the end. And I'm going to go with another big spread because the, it seems like the, the there's a chasm between the good teams and the bad teams. And the Dolphins are bad and the Bills are good. So I see it as Bills giving 11. Uh, I, I don't know if that's I got Bills are. minus 13 and a half now. Yeah, I have 13 and a half. Oh, you got 13 and a half on that? Well, fuck uh, it. Let's roll with it anyway. Go for it. Who cares? Go for it. Yeah. I'm taking the Bills as a lock. Hey, I hope Tad Thomas is listening, and uh, you do what you want with that information, buddy. <laughs> oh, Whoa. Tad's making some money off our picks by betting the other way. Tad's listening <laughs> to our picks and betting the other way. Oh, so let me I'm ask you guys, what's the line in the Lions-Eagles game? Three and the a half. E- e- Eagles minus three and a half. That's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Against the 0-7 Lions. All right, I, I'm going to have to go with the Bengals. Okay. I think, milk, I think milk is correct. Well, I wish that our friend Milk were on because I know he'd be thrilled with this pick. But um, I see actually the line just changed a little bit by half point. I love the Buccaneers at the Saints giving five. Uh, I think Jameis uh, might be amped up for the game, but he's not a real quarterback. Tom Brady is on a roll. The Bucs need to create some distance in that division. And the Bucs, even though they're away, they're going to steamroll the Saints. And I, I think they'll cover easily. So, Tad, get ready to bet the other way. Take, let's see, Tad now needs to take the Saints, the Jets, <laughs> um, the Colts, and the Dolphins. Good luck there, buddy. I'm pretty sure he's not taking the Jets. <laughs> Those are your Plaxico locks of the week. Good luck, fellas. All right. All right, so let's leave football behind, um, as we should. It, it's uh, only out of habit that we even led with it tonight because something far more important is starting tonight. Brian Pope, let's talk a little World Series. The fall classic, the great World Series that we all grew up to and came to love, is finally coming back to Atlanta after 22 years. Oh, uh, Cobb County. See... Oh, okay, whatever. Behind me, you can see my uh, loyalty to the Braves goes back, way back to when I was a little kid. We've got 1982 and 1984 ticket stubs there. So I'm excited about being 
uh, in Atlanta next weekend. Now, I'm not sure I'm going to get to go to a game because uh, last time I looked, $1,000 for standing room only. So the Braves fans are hungry. They haven't been there in 22 years. Whereas in Houston, they're about half price. Our buddy Brandon Smith, Mr. B, Mr. Braves, Mr. Bulldog, is down in Houston. And I'm sure uh, we'll be hearing from him later. But that is great loyalty to go all the way down on a road trip to the World Series. But it's about half price, so how can you blame him? Um, this series is shaping up to be an interesting um, interesting series between a team that's really hot right now, which is the Braves. Uh, they only won 88 games this year, but they have turned it around in the postseason, and they dispatched of the hated Dodgers, who was probably the best team in baseball this year, at least by the roster standpoint. Um they dispatch them, and you know they're on to the hated Astros, who dispatched the Red Sox. Even though they were down two to one, they went into uh, Boston and took care of business, winning the games three and uh, four and five, and then closing them out in six. Uh, an interesting stat for you: in the last twenty-two and twenty-five innings, the Astros outscored the Red Sox twenty-two to one. So Boston, who took off with three grand slams. Uh, in two games and, you know, went to that lead, couldn't withhold this onslaught of the Astros bats. And that's going to be ultimately what the people are going to be looking at is can, can Houston's hitting, which is the best in the majors this year. Uh, how's it going to go against Braves pitching? I, I think from what I've read, mostly Braves pitching gets a little bit of an edge. You know, there's no Lance McCullers. Uh, the Braves are starting with Charlie Morton. who's a really interesting story tonight. Uh, he was actually pitching for the Astros in 2017 uh, in the World Series, and he pitched for the Rays in 2020 against the Astros in Game 7 uh, of the ALCS and won that game. So Charlie Morton is an experienced postseason pitcher. He's going up against uh, from Bear uh, Valdez tonight, um, and then the next matchup is Max Fried against uh, Riquitti. So I think so. You're okay to start a cheater. You're okay to start a cheater in Game One. Oh is that how it goes? Is, in is, is, is this how it goes? If you assume that Charlie Morton was part of the cheating Astros, I guess so. But he uh, uh, is, you know, has a good postseason pitching record so far. And I, I give the edge to the Braves on pitching, give the edge to the Astros on hitting. The Braves have some great lefties, Freddie Freeman, possibly your next uh, MVP, Austin Riley, who's uh, third base, you know, had a big series against the Dodgers. Um, you got Jocktober Peterson, who is phenomenal uh you know coming out of nowhere and then you got rosario who won the nl cs mvp and uh with a three-run shot against the dodgers in game six so um hope i'm i'm worried about your braves bullpen against the astros bats what do you think so well i don't know if you guys remember this but in game six against the dodgers matzik came on with uh men on second and third and struck out the side. And he he was probably, other than Rosario, the MVP for the Braves, and he's their setup guy. Will Smith is their closer, and he was barely touched uh, in the uh, NLCS or the NLDS. So I think, actually, if you look at, uh, compare the bullpen, and I, I couldn't even tell you who the Houston closer is because I didn't study it that hard, but most people give the edge to the Braves' bullpen. That's why I say overall Braves pitching, but overall, you know, you got, Veterans like Altuve and Correa and Bregman. You got uh, this new guy, Alvarez, who's a, a stud. Um, I, I give the edge to Houston on on 
on batting. And the last thing I'll say, and this is, is interesting, and you guys might already be wanting to talk about it, is the matchup between the managers. So Dusty Baker, long, long, long time manager, player, beloved. Uh, don't, nobody has anything bad to say about Dusty Baker. Played with Hank Aaron and Phil Necro with the you know Braves back in the 70s. He's going to uh, the World Series for his, looking for his first win against Brian Snitker, who is a longtime Braves organizational guy, 40 years uh, until he finally got his chance. He's kind of a disciple of Bobby Cox. Real interesting, you know, managerial matchup uh, with Braves, uh, but with Dusty Baker having a Braves history. So um, it'll be hopping in Atlanta this weekend. They haven't had a World Series in 22 years. They're hungry. I give, I say the Braves in six. Um, that's what I'm saying. Good report, Pope. Good report. Did you? But, but let me ask you this: Did you say that you were a little child in 1984? A young child? No, no. I was born in '66, but I used to go to Brave. I mean, this is yeah, yeah. I thought you said so you were a little kid my, in '84, and I was like, man, that must have been your much younger well, cousin. I don't, I don't think my dad saved my ticket stubs when I was like four and five years old. Obviously, but this is what I was able to retrieve from my collection. <laughs> Okay. I, I thought the funnier thing was his longtime loyalty to the Braves. That was the, that was the phrase yeah, that caught right, me. Right. Longtime loyalty, hey, which which next week will bought, also apply to the Titans, apparently. <laughs> so <laughs> look, I'm, I'm, I said they're I'm, my team, the team du jour. <laughs> I am ready to throw flames. Oh, good. Because let me just say this, and I I, I know it's going to be one on three, and if Milk were here, it would be one on four. But we need to be done with this bull crap about the cheaters. Now, I, I want to be clear that I, I, I really – I don't really have a dog in this hunt. I, I, I don't really – I know the Braves are a rival with the Phillies, but I would like to see my long-suffering Braves supporter fans, Brian Pope and Brandon Smith, get their title and have the same kind of celebration – you know, that Bison had a couple years ago. So I, I'm rooting for my friends. I'm not rooting for the Astros. Mostly I'm rooting for a good series and mostly I'm rooting for the fans to get over it and stop with this BS that they're cheaters and all this stuff. You know, they, what they did was bad. What they did was really bad. And MLB had a decision on its hands as to how they were going to punish. And they didn't. And the players have had their own forms of punishment. They've gotten beaned. They've gotten booed. You know, but the truth (laughs) is there's nothing to suggest whatsoever that they're cheating now. They have flat out talent. They have a couple players who weren't even on that team who are terrific players to watch. Jordan Alvarez is a fantastic young player who is a big future of that team and of baseball. I think it's fun to watch him. I think the Dusty Baker story is phenomenal. And I think we need to put to the side, the sideshow. If you want to be upset about 2017 or about 2018, fine. But the last I heard, Charlie Morton was on your team, the Braves. Garrett Cole is on your team, Rooster, the Yankees. And you guys support these cheaters when they're on your team. It's just when you can oppose them when they're in a game, you can. But once they come onto your team, everything is forgiven. Get over it. Watch Great America's Pastime. Enjoy the World Series. And stop with this cheating bullshit, Bison. I don't remember, I don't remember Garrett Cole getting any hits. Against yeah. the Yankees in the uh, ALCS. It's not bullshit. That's the problem. It's not bullshit. It, it, you know, these guys have to deal. I saw the clip a couple days ago of what's the little guy, Altuve, 
that little shit. Him taking uh, Chapman, you know, deep to send the, the Astros to the World Series. And the look on Chapman's face when he hits it, they knew the, the Yankees knew these guys were cheating. And he and Altuve teed off on it uh, to send the team to the World Series. I mean, they, they won a World Series cheating. They stole they, one from the Yankees. You, well, well, you think we should just forget about that? Well, hold on a second. Why do you, Rooster, you'd love to celebrate your Tommy boy from New England. He's a goddamn cheater, and we all know it. He Listen, that cheater. was the most overrated cheating scandal ever. Really? Yes. Spying, spying. No, no, you're talking about the flake gate. I'm talking about Before the flake that spy gate. Spygate, which went to Congress, for God's sake. They won a Super Bowl during Spygate. But we love Tom Brady. There's going to be statues. He's the greatest player that ever played. You guys christen him. You love him. Why? He's a cheater. He is a cheater. Tommy is not a cheater. (laughs) Tommy. Wait, wait. Let me ask you a question, though. Seriously, this is about sports. These are, are, um, I mean, okay, Pope, maybe his team in it. But look. What is one of the most successful entertainment enterprises that's been going for 60 years at this point? Professional uh, wrestling. Do you know why it's so successful? Because they have they heels. Them. They have the heels. They have the villains. They have the people that everybody loves to hate. You know, on some level, sports is more interesting when there's someone to hate. We keep talking about how, you know, or, you know, people want to say that baseball is not as interesting as it was. It's not the pastime. Maybe having an evil team that's not from New York or Boston is good. Maybe having this evil entity down that the whole country is going to tune in and want to watch the Braves kick their cheating asses. Maybe that's not a bad thing. It, it, it kind of I'm OK with having villains in sports. Not everybody has to be, you know, a good guy. And it's okay to want it to, to boo somebody in sports. I think that's all right. Listen, that's one of the reasons Max Verstappen is such an interesting character. We all hate him, but then you watch some of these races and people love him. I mean, there are two sides to it. So I, I think it's okay to want to hate him. And they really did one of the most egregious things in sports, the way they, the, the, the whole scheme that they came up with. Uh, and and they won with it, so they're they're really pretty much about as bad as it gets, in my opinion. And the only people well, I, who who got punished were were various m- coaches and managers. That's on the MLB. That is not on anybody other than the MLB. Well, I'm choosing to take it out on the players. Yeah. So what do y'all? So what are your? Uh, I don't mind players? seeing Altuve getting beaned. Yeah. I hope you win, but it's going to be Astros in seven. All right. Hell's out. I, Oh. No, I just, I just uh, need to stand I, and let some breath out. Obviously, the Braves have have gotten hot at the right time. I mean, they were they were not a great team all season. Like you say, they only won eighty eight games, and now they're on fire. I think they carry it through. You got to give the Braves credit for doing it without um, uh, Acuna and um, and uh, uh, what's it, Ozuna, the 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 infielder who went out because he beat his uh, wife yeah. or girlfriend. Right. Yeah, I mean, those, are, those are two standout players that that they don't have on the team. I mean, that was part of the reason everybody sort of wrote them off, you know, in the middle of the, in the beginning of the season. They, they lose those two guys. Um, so you got to hand it to them for what they've done. I, I do think it's going to be the Astros and six, though. Hmm. The Astros have a weak starting uh, rotation right now, though. Yes, they, 
They do. And I, I think that is a, another good subplot to all this, that you would probably say that one of the best players coming into the season for the Astros was supposed to be Justin Verlander. And one of the best players for the Braves was supposed to be Acuna. Neither team has them because of injury. And yet here they are on the best stage. The, the, the thing about the starting pitching, the last thing I want to say about this, the starting pitching, though, is, you know, remember where we are in the season. These pitchers have thrown a lot, a lot, a lot of innings. They're not going to be going seven innings in these games. That's why I'm not sure. Look, don't get me wrong. Starting pitching is is incredibly important. And, and the, you know, the Nats won a World Series really on the arms of four guys when they beat the Astros a couple of years ago. So you get the right guys in the right situations. But that's why I'm more concerned about the uh, – um, the sort of long middle relievers of the Braves bullpen, not so much the closer or the setup. That's well, that's I can tell, I can tell you who's not going to be pitching is fucking Luke Jackson. Good God. Don't, don't let him get on the mound again. He almost blew the series twice. Well, listen, I think already it's proven to be the case. Uh, despite the interminable, part of major league baseball in the regular season. It is true in the postseason that every pitch counts and especially in the world series, that's the most fun. Every, every single pitch counts. So good luck to your Braves Pope. I hope it's a fun series. And I really hope that no matter who wins, it's not a sweep because I would love this series to go six or seven games for the fans. Yeah. yeah. Good question. Will uh, will we still be talking about the world series at our pod in a week? Oh, yeah, we'll be talking about it. We'll be talking about it. It's not going to be a sweep. The best news in baseball I heard today was that Ken Griffey Jr. is now part owners, part owner of the Mariners. Yeah. yeah. It's great to have him involved in baseball. He's, he's a wonderful guy and, a, and the kind of player we should all be rooting for. Okay. Well, listen, we're going to uh, let's let's, you know, a lot of fun. It is uh, the most important sporting event of the year. I don't care what anybody else says. Um, the World Series is is great. And uh, Pope, um, enjoy it. And, you know, I told you, Pope, even if you don't get a ticket to a game, go to all the festivities, soak it up. It's just a great atmosphere. The uh, MLB does a pretty good job, or at least they did in, in D.C., of, you know, setting things up and having all the fans around, even people aren't going into the ballpark. Uh, it's a great environment. So we're going to, we were going to do a little NBA, but I think we're going to push it a week because really we want to get milks input on that. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, we, knows we, so we much about basketball. We want to keep Paul Miller in suspense too. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, I mean, yeah. everybody come back next week and listen for a full NBA preview. Yeah. It's going to be uh milk will be leading it. So, um, but Pope, we're going to stick with you a little bit because um, as our, our avid listeners know, um, we all have a soft spot for F1 racing, and there was something uh, kind of not unique, but but only happens once a year right now in F1. So why don't you give us a report on that? So, you know, House, thank you for getting us all hooked on F1 during COVID. I'm not sure we could have made it through without Drive to Survive. This was the first opportunity we had to have uh, – F1 race on our own soil. And it was, um, it was really interesting. I mean, I actually watched probably a lot more than y'all did. And you know, there were local news reports down there. I mean, it was an event. Uh, and there was a lot of talk about how the, the, uh, U S race fans have, have come to love F1, uh, 
since the Netflix series. I mean, they attributed uh, a lot of the uh, enthusiasm and the ticket prices to people wanting to come and see what they've been watching for a couple years now in person. So um, Austin was the uh, site of the Circuit of, of the Americas uh, Grand Prix on Sunday. Um, it was 140,000 people who were packed into the grandstands on the hills. Uh, it was a festive atmosphere. Um, everything you would expect in an F1 uh, event. Uh, I mean, Billy Joel played, you know, at the uh, theater uh, on the infield theater the night I mean, before the says- race. Nothing says fancy <laughs> fast race cars like Billy Joel. That's right. Um, it's uh, uh, forty years you know, ago. A lot of a lot of celebrities. <laughs> a lot of celebrities were there on Sunday. Ben Stiller was there. Serena. Uh, Serena. What the hell? What's her last name? Williams. 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 <laughs> teleprompter and, fail. Yeah, and, <laughs> and of course, and of course, Shaq Daddy was the one who uh, gave. Don't forget Megan. Megan the Stallion. The Stallion. The Stallion, yeah. And uh and what what was funny is Shaq Daddy on the podium uh was taller <laughs> was taller than Checo uh and uh he was almost he was taller than Lewis Hamilton as well as they were standing next to each other. Um it was a great race. Uh Max won um only because uh, he was able to outdrive Lewis Hamilton in the last couple laps. Uh great strategy by the red bull um checo is probably the fan favorite because you know from mexico just south of the border which is where we're going next to mexico city for a grand prix which by the way bison i believe will be on a time that you yes. would enjoy yes uh, for I've, another I've... for another week uh that's yeah. in a couple weeks um but you know it was great to have the f1 back in the u.s next year We'll be in Bison Land in Miami. Hopefully, some of the SMQBs can knock that one out and uh, go there in person. But um, you know, Texas always does it upright. The Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders were there. The Texas Longhorn Marching Band was there, and they had this amazing, you know, Cadillac with stretch Cadillac with uh, Longhorns on it uh, that brought Shaq in the uh, the trophy. So um, F1 is alive and well. They want to do more of them in the U.S. 140,000 is an all-time record for a race in the U.S. So um, glad that we uh, had an opportunity to see it. And next year, hopefully we can go. This race was a perfect example of strategy winning the race, I thought. Um, Christian Horner pitted at exactly the right time, and and Mercedes was too late to pit and never, never really uh, caught up after that. I mean, I know Lewis had the lead for a little while, but then he had to do the second pit. It was just a matter of timing. A good chess you match. Know, you know, Rooster, I was, text, I, I was texting you, Rooster. I, I thought I thought Lewis was going to catch him. Yeah, but he the, didn't have enough time. He, he would have if the race had gone on a couple more laps. But Oh, there's some, something happened in the last three or four laps because he got DRS uh, with about four laps to go, and he couldn't close him. Yeah, but you know what happened? Max had Max DRS, got DRS from passing the was, slow guys. W- yeah, passing the slow guys. That yeah. was the difference. That actually yep. Max the, had a bonus yeah. DRS yep. lapping no, but, somebody. But On the Lewis did lap. have D- Lewis did have DRS with like three laps to go, and he wasn't able to get it on a stretch. He lost. I mean, Max kept on pushing it to yeah. a second and a half or whatever. Look, I, I will say this. I, I don't I love watching it and I've been reading a lot about it and I'm starting to understand more. And even, you know, I'm not necessarily a car guy, um, you know, as far as understanding cars. I've started to read a little bit and understand some of the different angles and the downforce and the rake and all that kind of stuff on these cars. 
but this race showed to me the 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 math the equations that are used i mean these guys know you know pirelli the tire uh ty re tire manufacturer that they use of course <laughs> is um they i mean pirelli has has scientists and engineers there telling these guys in this temperature these tires are going to last this long i mean they, they have so much data on each car and on the tires and on the surface temperature and everything that it, they're, they're making split decisions based on data that you can almost know how the race is going to turn out. I mean, you're right that when Horner made had Red Bull pit early, I mean, you don't exactly know because you never know if there's going to be a safety car or a red flag. And that, that throws everything, all strategy out at that point. But so much of this stuff is is on data, and it's really remarkable the science and the math that's ha- that's happening in the background. Can I tell you an, an incredible athletic feat that happened in that race? If you guys saw, so for our fans, there's 56 laps in the race. The most laps were around a minute 35 to a minute 40, and within the first 10 laps, one of the drivers. Checo, Sergio Perez from Mexico, who races for Red Bull and ended up taking third, lost his drink system. So each of these cars has this long straw that they stay hydrated. It's 80 degrees plus the heat of the car going around and around the track. And the first 10 laps, he plus lost in a full his, body suit and in a full body suit oh, yeah. and with the helmet on. He lost his drink system and went 40 some laps at a minute and a half per lap without any hydration. He said it was the most exhausted, grueling athletic experience he's ever been in a race and still took third. That yep. was pretty incredible. Those guys are in amazing shape. I mean, so amazing. Like Netflix the question, the question that everybody wants answered is anyone going to catch bison in our in F1 a, competition? I don't think so. That he can't pick football games, but he can pick F one race cars. Listen, you know the thing about it though is you have one or two uh, did not finish, and and uh, and it changes everything, right? You you know right. you get a good pick and take someone, and they end up out, or heaven forbid, you you know, look, guys, uh, Fernando Alonso had to retire his car in this race with with only a few laps left, as I recall. So did Gasly. Um, yeah, you, you have that happen. One or two times, this thing's wide open for everybody. So you you, you got a chance, Rooster. You still got a chance. Well, and, and, and Botas had a five, you know, grid penalty, which cost him his ability to finish on the podium. Yeah. He had a fast car. Well, keep an eye on F1. It, it is interesting. And if you haven't, if you want to figure out a quick way to get into it, really watch that that Netflix uh, Drive to Survive. I know we've, we've mentioned it before. It's been such a hit that the PGA is, is trying to replicate it and is going to be doing a very similar documentary uh-huh. because they've – they've recognized how people want to see the personalities, the characters. They don't want to just see great golf shots or, or fast cars. They want to know the people they're rooting for. And it's been a big boon for us. Don't you have to have a personality for that to work? Well, yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) the whole thing. Are you saying Dustin Johnson's out? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, all right. Um, Okay. So it's time for uh, everybody's favorite segment. Punchable face. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Cool J with a triumphant comeback. More But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Mama said, I'm gonna knock you out. Mama 
Who's got it this week? Guys, I I made a vow long ago that I would do everything in my power never to punch someone from my own city sports team. And I have probably two choices I can do this week. <laughs> um, I'm choosing between our um, just idiotic head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Sirianni, who uh, down 17-7 away at the Las Vegas Raiders when their, def- when their defense couldn't stop anything, tried to trick the Raiders with an onside kick to start the second half against a new head coach for the Raiders whose entire history as a coach in the NFL is being a special teams coach. <laughs> and and then giving the Raiders a short field when the Eagles defense already couldn't stop. And of course the Raiders scored a in, touchdown right away. In a away. game where, where Carr hadn't missed a pass at that point. He, he passed 91% completion rating in the right. Sirianni is so in over his head. I, I had, I actually did punch him multiple times uh, yesterday, but the, this punch is reserved for a now two time punched face for our SMQB podcast, Ben Simmons. The NBA season is underway, and next week we are going to preview it. But the Sixers team remains very much in the air because their starting point guard, who's under contract with the team, still with four years remaining after signing a max contract, will not play for the team. He will not play for the team because, from his standpoint, everybody else needs to give him an apology and accept responsibility for being mean to him after he blew game seven against the Atlanta Hawks when he, you know, as we announced in an earlier podcast, he had an open layup under the basket and he passed the ball off instead of going up and dunking the ball. But what's worse, which has come out since couple things. Number one, there is some verified rumors that before that game seven, Ben Simmons had shrunk so much in his own belief in his abilities to help that team that he tried to get out of that game by claiming that he was in close contact with the Sixers personal trainer who had had COVID, even though he really wasn't in close contact with that trainer. That's how much he did not want wow. to play game seven and want to let his team down. But it gets worse when he finally agrees to come back to the team. He shows up to practice and like a petulant child, and there's video of it. He is just totally disengaged from the team. He's on the court. He's not really practicing. He's not really participating with his teammates. So much so that in just practice number two, Doc Rivers, the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, had to send him home and suspend him from the team because he wasn't participating with his own team. And then after that happened, this guy has the balls to show up to the locker room for the the Sixers' first home game and meet with the team and tell the team, well, I'm willing to accept responsibility as long as everybody else is willing to accept responsibility. This guy is a child. He's not a team player. He's not, uh, yeah, he says that he can't play for the Sixers right now because he's just not mentally with it right now. He's right about that. He doesn't have it mentally upstairs. I just don't understand 
how this guy or his agent, Rich Paul, thinks that another team or another coach is going to have some appeal to putting this guy in the lineup. And um, I'm sorry, Ben. I don't want you on the Sixers anymore. I'd rather see this team survive and thrive without him. And you're getting a goodbye punch from this one very big Philadelphia 76ers fan. I mean, at this point, it's like we've got him in a steel cage locked in there. And there's just nowhere for him to fucking run with the SMQB circling, um, which I'm sure really scares Ben Simmons. But, you know, you get the point. But, you know, I, I got to tell you, House, you might you might think about a punchable face to Joel Embiid and the other guys for groveling back and saying, oh, yes, yes, we deserve some blame. We're responsible, too. What they should have said is, hey, Ben, go fuck yourself. And get out of here. That's what they should have done. Well, they pretty much did. I mean, Embiid said, I'm not here to babysit. Tobias Harris said a a nice thing saying, look, he's going through issues. He's a human being. If he's having mental health problems, then we'll be there for him once he comes back. He's our teammate. And that is true. He is our teammate. But nobody's groveling to Ben Simmons. And frankly, Embiid said straight up, I'm not babysitting anybody. Did you see the first practice, the, the footage of him? He's wearing sweatpants and he's got his cell phone in the pocket of his sweatpants during the entire practice. He claims it's not a cell phone, but I'm pretty nah, sure it's not bullshit. It was yeah. the exact shape of a cell phone. Yeah, he's he's kind of getting becoming the definition of the punchable face. We might have to we might need to think about renaming this. <laughs> <laughs> we might call it the the Ben Simmons Kyrie Irving punchable face of the week. Washington yeah. football team. Yeah, right. Yeah, Dan, yeah. Dan Snyder, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I will gladly punch those fuckers in the face every week. No problem. Did you guys did you guys see the meme where uh you know uh Mike Evans gave away Tom Brady's six hundredth uh touchdown pass? The mm-hmm. meme going around the Buccaneers offered Ben Simmons as part of the gift and he turned down <laughs> and the guy rejected it. <laughs> that was funny. That was so funny. Uh... All right, guys. Good show. Um, Listen, we'll be back uh, next week. We'll talk uh, a little more NFL and the long-awaited NBA preview. Don't worry. The NBA season is longer than just about anything uh, in the world at this point. So we may be a week or two late, but you'll, you'll get the picture. You'll have plenty of time to soak it all in. And, uh, and maybe we'll get to Toby's very special Ted Lasso that he's been holding back for two weeks now. It's in the back pocket, ready to roll. It'll still be ripe then. All right, guys. Have a good week. Go uh, Bravos. Beat the cheaters. Go Play Braves. Ball. Oh.